Hey friends, welcome to the Productivity and Proverbs 31 podcast. I'm Kathy Lanham, your host, your mentor across the airways, if you will. I'm a mom of five, former teacher and top 2% company leader. Now I'm a coach, a podcaster, and a business strategist. Stick around if you're a Christian mom with some big dreams, a messy bun, and sweatpants. You might feel all the guilt, but you refuse to be a Pinterest perfect mom. You live in your car and reheated coffee is a staple. If chaos is usually rampant and you'd like some practical tips on how to grow a business, grow in your faith, and get some control with an occasional date night thrown in as a bonus, hang around. Because as we grab these few minutes together, I want to help you keep growing in your faith, build a business that lines up with your God-given gifts and talents, and make memories of a life you love. So reheat that coffee and let's get started. Hey mamas, today's topic is so foundational. I broke it up into two parts, not only for motherhood and the journey we're on there, but for all of our business and for all of life. It all has to start right here. And I am just giving you a primer, a starter. Oh, y'all, there are so much. There are loads of Bible studies and books and YouTubes and fabulous movies. I'm going to reference the war room probably more than once today. Resources that we have to help us be intentional. And when we are intentional in prayer, then we start to become authentic in our lives. We start becoming transparent, real with people that are in our lives. We become authentic. We begin to share who we are. We don't worry so much about the image that's being projected as much as projecting the Lord's image. Now, this is not an overnight transformation. This is years in the making of chipping off the old person that I was or that you are. And as we become like Christ and there are so many, oh, y'all, there's so many great resources that I would encourage you to to pick one up, to get a YouTube, to get a great sermon, to get into a Bible study, to join us in one of our Bible studies. So there are classics on prayers like the old, old classic by Andrew Murray, Christ in the School of Prayer, to the multitude of inspirational missionary stories where they write of their experiences in the field, to the 40-day prayer challenge from Mark Batterson, the, the newer one, Draw the Circle. And y'all, there is so much that I'm really going to try not to go frolicking in freshly mowed glitter fields because I can so easily do that. That's my that's my fun analogy of looking at my squirrel brain that just kind of zips around and will chase squirrels anywhere. Seriously, this is a habit. If I can encourage you, the habit of prayer is one that you want to so build in to the fabric of your life that it's inseparable from anything that you do. You're going to breathe in and breathe out and you're asking the Lord for his presence, his guidance, his help, his mercies. It's like the Holy Spirit is referred to as wind. So it's like taking in that breath and pouring it out again. But we know that Jesus's life was characterized by prayer. As a matter of fact, the disciples asked him to, how do we pray? Teach us to pray, Lord, Lord, teach us to pray. So here's some parallels. We are called to a purpose higher than ourselves. We don't have the grace in and of ourselves or the strength to do it right. And we need the direction and the impouring and the direction of the Holy Spirit in our lives to speak grace and mercy and love in those hard times and hard situations and when we're being challenged. The work can be exhausting and feel never ending. It's a lonely work sometimes. It's also a life of service where you're pouring out for others 
and it can feel like you get very little thanks or appreciation in return. But being a mother and being on this journey and interceding for others in prayer can be life-changing. I would encourage you to take on the mind of Christ as you look at prayer. How do we do that? How do we follow the example of Jesus and be a person of prayer? Well, first of all, let's look at how he did it. He did it in the morning, in the evening, in the afternoon, in the middle of a storm, away from the disciples in the crowds. He would step away. He would go to a hill or he would go to a high place, a place of solitude to pray. He was continually pouring himself out. He was teaching. He was healing. He was taking care of others, continually exhausted. He was putting up with unbelieving family, obtuse, and just didn't quite get it, disciples. You can get a glimpse of how exhausting the walking and working was if you look at the disciples. They were always falling asleep when they should have been praying or they were complaining when they should have been out being productive. I don't know if you have tuned into any of The Chosen. There's an app you can download and you can watch it on YouTube, cast it to your TV. It's called The Chosen. There's a scene in the series in season two, episode three, where this really struck me. Jesus is healing. He's working from sunup to sundown. And the disciples, kind of like our kids, want to know how long they have to be here. It's hot out here in the sun. When is supper going to be ready? When's he going to be finished? And it's just on and on. So I just was kind of laughing, thinking, oh, isn't that just like us with kids? But Jesus did not deter from continuing. He continued the work and he gave us an example. And he prayed over meals. He prayed before big events, like I said. And in some instances, he prayed instead of eating. So how is it that we can get more intentional? In episode three, we covered how using the acronym ACTS, A-C-T-S, was a good way to get started. That gives you a focus, it gives you a framework and an outline. So you want to be committed. Make it a practice and a habit. So to be intentional is to be committed. And you also want to teach prayer to your children. How will they know if we don't teach them? And it's okay if this is new to you. You just want to start. You want to be intentional and keep it simple and easy. We are not praying Old Testament King James. Oh, Lord, our God, my fathereth in heaveneth, halloweth, beeneth, your nameth. I don't know how to do with this. We ain't doing that. No, no, no. Hello, it's a conversation. You're going to talk. You're going to listen. You can just begin praying at meals. Now, you, there is a rote prayer you probably learned as a kid. God is good. God is great. Let us thank him for our food. Amen. Remember that one? Did you did you learn that one? Hopefully. I'll share a funny. We were doing this. My oldest, Amber, was two. She was about two. And we had taken her to her first football game. And so the next day at lunch, we were praying. And I said, Amber, do you want to pray? And she yes. And she started to pray. God is good. God is great. By his hands, we all are fed. Let us thank him for our food. Amen. <laughs> what do you do with that? You just laugh. You write those things down. You treasure them in your heart. But as an aside, you will hear some hilarious things as you listen to your kids pray. And a lot of times our kids, if you're praying with them at night before they go to bed, they would like to use bedtime as an excuse not to go to sleep. They would bless and thank God for everything. Dogs, clouds, grandma, grandpa, crayons, so many things that Sometimes I might have been guilty of nodding off, but I always respected their prayers because God tells us to have childlike faith. So teach your children to pray. Teach them how to say thank you. Teach them how to go to God in prayer when they're upset or hurt or they have something that they need to, to talk to God about. Second point is be focused in your prayer. The first is be intentional and be sure to be teaching your children. The second is be focused. 
the best way I know how is to have a prayer journal and get into the habit of asking God to help you, to teach you, to even show you what you should pray for. If you don't even know how to do it, ask God. And I also like to pray first thing in the morning. And there's nothing set in stone about that. I used to pray at night before I would go to sleep. That would be the, you know, I wanted to to, to go to bed thinking thoughts of the Lord and I would start my prayer time. But what would happen is I would just fall asleep. Let's just be honest. I'm like the disciples. I would be laying there praying and then the next thing I know, the, the sun's coming up. And then I would feel guilty and I would feel like a bad person or a Christian. So that changed for me when I heard a speaker share that prayer is like tuning your instrument if you were if you played in an orchestra. No violinist ever tunes the violin after a concert. You tune your violin before your concert for your best performance. And prayer is like that. It sets the intentions of my heart on the things above, of, on the things that God would have me focus on before I get too busy, before whatever I have going on. And if I'm getting up just a little bit early to pray, I think that it helps me hear God just a little bit more clearly. The house is just a little more quiet and calm. And that that goes for today. That's even even now that I'm an empty nester. I still have that special time in the morning when it's just me and God. And then I would encourage you in your journal to pray about blind spots of sin, things that are keeping you from praying, things that are keeping you from developing the habit. What is it that you do or need to get rid of or Where have you let Satan have a beachhead? You've left a door open for Satan to have a beachhead into your life. And you are in a spiritual battle, whether you know it or not. It's called spiritual warfare, but that's another episode for another time. But what habits or thought patterns, ways of reacting, how were you raised that you're just repeating in your life? What things that you need, do you need to repent of or change? And just in plain, in what areas are you being disobedient? We're commanded to pray without ceasing. So find scripture that applies to your situation and pray those verses throughout the day. Now, this was huge for me, huge, 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 as I had five little ones running around and we had truly chaos reigned. We will, you will hear my big picture, messy stories full and throughout this entire um, podcast journey, but when it was upside down, when we were running like crazy people, when we were, when I was taking on more than I could handle, I loved having the habit of writing a verse down, now the same verse, and or prayer requests, and I would put it in the shower, and I would put it where I brush my teeth, and I would put it in my car with just a little sticky note. I had a little, I don't even know if they make those wax clips anymore, but I had a wax clip attached to my dashboard, and I would change my four by six little index cards out. And by having that scripture, and I would stick it in my back pocket, I was working on two things. One was trying to hide God's word in my heart. I was trying to memorize scripture. That was one way I was doing that. But it was also letting me pray that scripture over my kids or over the day or pray that scripture into my life. So having that little card helps you. If, if you're sitting out at the at playground and you're watching your kids play, you can have that card. You can just pull it out. And believe me, that is a good conversation starter. If you want to be more evangelical, people will ask you what's on your card. But I would encourage you as you're praying for people and for things to find a scripture that applies to that situation and then pray that scripture over them. And as I was teaching our kids to do this, we had this little, you know, we were trying to pray about different things. 
one day, um, it will, it might come back to bite you and you will find it to be hilarious. And this is another child. And I go down the hall one day and see he has taken a marker and just actually it was a crayon and he has made his own little color palette on the wall. And of course I was a yeller. All that suppressed anger comes or stuffed down anger when I was pretending to do this and pretending to that. When shaken, that's what comes out. The Bible says what's in your heart comes out. So I was a yeller. I, I would yell not my best moments. Just not going to lie about that one. If you're a yeller, it's not your best act. So I use all three of his names, you know, first model, last, get yourself in here right this minute. You, do you realize what you've done? And I'm just going off, right? He comes in and he looks up at me with those big brown eyes and he goes, mom, have you prayed about this? <laughs> so, yeah, that totally, um, that'll get you off of the, the whatever rant that you have. But anyway, and I know that you're probably thinking I'm off the edge and I'm you ain't got time for this, but I'm just going to tell you, it's really not hard. This is where it all starts to change. And this will also, when you are intentional, it's going to build your faith. When you begin praying specifically for people, when you have that scripture that you're praying over them, that word starts to move from your head to your heart and it becomes part of the fabric of your life. Hebrews 4.16 tells us that let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. And not only are we helping other people when we're the developing the intention of prayer, but we are developing our confidence. We're building our faith. And as you see those stepping stones, as you see those little markers where the Lord answers prayers and he shows up and he shows off and he shows himself strong on your behalf, then that enables you to face the next trial or your next adversity or to counsel a friend with wise counsel. And again, that's where the movie War Room, it's, and it's probably a $5 movie at Walmart now, but it shows that so well. You start small and you build. Matthew 7, 7 says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Now the verbs in that, the ask, the seek, and the find, the, the tense of those verbs means to do it continually, to ask and keep on asking, to seek and keep on seeking, to knock and keep on knocking. It's not a one and done. You're not throwing up a, a prayer to God and, and you're finished. It's continual. And I promise you that when you see that the Lord answered over here for this thing, then it gives you the courage. It gives you the strength. It gives you the faith. It gives you the hope that you can apply that those same prayers over here in this situation and it is not giving the lord a wish list you need to do this and that a laundry list of i want this i need this and i'm not talking name it and claim it i need a new car lord and you say you'll give me whatever i ask for heck no i'm talking about opening up your heart asking the lord what to pray for and then asking him to open your eyes and your ears to the needs around you and i again will promise you if you ask he will answer. I want to tell you one other story about how this works. And sometimes we have people praying for us and praying into our lives and God works in ways that we don't even understand or know that he that's happening until it all rolls out. Our third child had to have a pretty serious surgery. And at that time we had all five children. And so with this surgery, I had asked of course, people in my church to pray, the prayer warriors, and they were doing that. And one of these women was just a godly, godly woman. And she communed with the Lord in a way that I don't even think I still do to this day. 
And she was praying that everything would go well and that if this was not the right doctor, that this surgery would be canceled. Well, the thing was, she didn't tell me that, that that was when she was praying. And so I have all five children. I get everything taken care of. This person's going to take care of these two children. This person's going to come take care of these two children. And we're going to go and we're going to have the surgery done. And I've, you know, worked my fingers to the bone, getting the meals prepared, getting the sitters lined up and the schedules. And they know where they're going. And, oh, you know, just all of the things. Worse than being a, getting a substitute teacher for your classroom. So I have it all lined up. And the doctor calls and cancels the surgery. Just something's come up and the doctor canceled the surgery. So I'm like, you have got to be kidding me to the nurse. And she's like, nope, he says it's he's going to cancel the surgery. Okay, fine. I didn't know that this saint had been praying. And she, so I'm venting to her about all of this. And she goes, well, good. Then we can rejoice. We can take that back to the Lord rejoicing because he's answered my prayer. I'm like, what do you mean? And I was trying to be holy, but you know, I'm still pretty ticked off at this point. And she said, yeah, I prayed that if, if this was not the Lord's will, if this was not the best surgeon, that he would cancel the surgery. Now that'll get your attention and make you sit up on a Sunday morning. So I'm like, oh, okay, well then, um, okay, I'll, um, okay, I'll pray that too. So we lined up the surgery. They had just postponed it. And so we lined up the surgery for the second time. I kid you not, guys, the night before surgery, this child breaks out head to toe with scarlet fever. He had not had a fever. He had not been sick. We had not been around anyone who had been sick. And of course, I've already got everything lined up and ready to go again, second time. So now even I'm obtuse, like I said about the disciples, thick as I am, I'm like, oh, well, maybe there's a problem here. Maybe this is not what we should be doing. Lord, okay, I don't have the wisdom, but I am going to ask you, if this is not correct, if this is not the way we should go, should go, if this is not the doctor who is supposed to be in charge, Lord, just cancel this surgery and without pause and without apology, we will get another opinion and we will go elsewhere. So we have the surgery scheduled the day before surgery. The nurse calls and said, and I had said to the nurse, and you can probably see where this is going. And I had said to the nurse after that second time, okay, I want this written in his chart that if for any reason whatsoever under the sun, this surgery is canceled again, that I want a referral to the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. I want it written down. I want it written in big letters. I want it lit, written in red because of course I was talking to the nurse and not the doctor. I want a referral. And she goes, okay. And she agreed and life. The third time that we're to go to have surgery, she calls the day before and she says, Kathy, this is going to sound crazy, but Dr. So-and-so says he can't do surgery on your son. He is losing sleep at night over this. And y'all, that was specifically in secret something I had asked the Lord because I had just read about Nebuchadnezzar and his dreams. And so I was like, Lord, just keep him up at night. And that's what happened. And so when the Lord speaks that clearly, then you know that you need to obey. This is the way walk you in it. Sometimes it's a gentle whisper behind you. Sometimes it's a megaphone going, not the way. So we did get that referral and, and he disagreed with us. And he says, no, no, no. I'm like, oh, heck to the no. We want the referral. We're going to the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill, which, ah, man, those nurses are, are fabulous. But that's dancing in, in a glitter field. Before we leave today, I want to share one more scripture with you that is huge. 
This has been a scripture I have shared with people. I've had prayed over me. I've prayed for people and is a staple of my life when I begin to worry. And worry is nothing more, you know, than thinking that we're in control and wanting to direct the outcome. The verse is Philippians 4, chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. And if you're new to Bible study, Philippians is over in the New Testament. And it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace that passes understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The don't worry, it says about anything. In everything, pray. Ask with thanks. Ask God and wait. And the result is peace. And not just peace, but peace that passes understanding. If you've ever had that peace in your heart, you know exactly what I'm talking about. When you're sitting outside the operating room or in the waiting room, waiting for a sick child to come back to you. When you are in the middle of a crisis and you do not know what to do. When you've had a wreck, when when you've asked people to pray, when you're speaking at a, at a large event and you've asked people to pray. When you need clarity and you need clarification and you've asked people to pray and you have that peace that it is just, you can look around and there is no reason in this world why you should have peace. But ladies, the Lord gives a peace that is not of this world, that is supernatural and that does pass understanding and it guards your heart and it guards your mind in Christ Jesus. Keep coming to the Father, keep asking, keep knocking, keep seeking. And that is intentional prayer. That does make you authentic. That does put a guard around you, a barrier. And I think that when we're trying to be intentional and set intentions, whether you're choosing to do it in your yoga practice, your eating right, your exercise, your discipline of your children, your marriage, mindful of your speech, guarding what goes before you, or taking captive the thoughts that don't glorify the Lord When we begin to pray, the magnitude of all the things we can't control, of all the areas and the ways and the places that we need God to show up, when we see the areas that we fail and the grace and the mercy that God gives us, then our authentic selves can rise to the front as we learn to be transparent, authentic, and we can extend grace to our kids, to our spouse, to our community, to strangers we meet in the doctor's office or folks in the grocery store. So y'all, if I can encourage you to be intentional, to begin to develop, to get that prayer journal, to be intentional in teaching your children, be committed. You're making it a practice and a habit. Be focused by using your journal. And then as as your faith is built, share that with others. Thank you for being with me again here today. That was kind of a heavy one, wasn't it? Whoo! giving you some good movies to go check out, if nothing else, War Room and The Chosen. And then we also have the community. You can jump in and join in at Facebook. Take care. Until next time, it's Kathy. Hey, guys, real quick. I hope this episode was a blessing to you and that you learned a nugget of truth, got a laugh, or had something that you can share. It would be such a blessing to me if you would go over to iTunes and leave me both a starred and a written review. I would love to be able to read some of those reviews online and that pours into my ministry and my work so much. 
In addition, if you want some of our free things, that's found over at kathylanham.com. I'd love to connect on social media. DM me at at kathylanham. That's my handle over on Instagram. So until next time, go be a blessing to others because when you're a blessing to others, you can't help but be blessed yourself. Take care.